Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back in better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests, and there'll be three of them in a row here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. We'll take you inside the very latest with the NBA in the bubble. We'll take you inside the very latest news from Major League Baseball. Will more teams not play as they go forward? And we'll take you to the very latest from the NFL, both on and off the field. Plus, there's something that happened to me yesterday that I just want you to know. We'll get to all of that and a whole lot more as we continue again live from my basement today. Words cannot describe how uncomfortable I am. It's the first time I'm doing it down here. Nothing is quite where I want it to be. So far, I think we're doing okay. We'll root for the best. Meanwhile, the big news coming out of sports, it's now been made official, but Woj told you on Get Up this morning that the NBA has officially announced they will return starting tomorrow. The League and the Players Association put out a joint statement. They will play three games tomorrow as were originally planned on Wednesday, and there are quite a few initiatives they will undertake together. And so let me start my tour around the world of sports with ESPN senior NBA writer and one of the absolute best, Jackie McMullen, who's with us on the Shell Penzo performance line. Jackie Mack, it, it's been an incredible several days. And, and so now as you look back on it, I wonder, as one who has covered the league a long time, what have these last few days in your mind meant? Well, they've been pretty extraordinary, Greeny. I can't remember a time, um, maybe when Sterling was under fire, where we thought there might, you know, that maybe the Clippers wouldn't play that night. But this is such a rare occurrence for, for the Bucks to make this decision. And as we found out later on, sort of blindsiding a lot of their peers. And, uh, but I thought Jalen Brown had it right. So what? We support you. And uh, think about this. Just think about it. So Giannis, who's the MVP and probably, I mean, the defensive player year for sure, probably the MVP. And he, he, he did not take the floor with his team. Then you have LeBron James's team and Kawhi Leonard's team both voting that, that day, that evening, that they were going to cancel the season. I mean, those are the three of the biggest stars in the game saying, you know how important this is to us? So important that all of us who really want to ring are going to put that aside to make sure people hear us. It's pretty, pretty astounding. It is remarkable. And so what do you think – will happen now. They will pick up again tomorrow. The games will go on. Again, they, they announced three initiatives they will be involved in, most of them having to do with the election and with voting. Um, what, what do you right. think will happen from this point forward? Well, I think the main thing these guys wanted to get through was they want this to be a persistent, consistent issue. And I understand their frustration because if you go back to uh, game one of the Portland Lakers series, when the Portland uh, Trailblazers upset the Lakers, that day, the Lakers were all wearing their Breonna Taylor hats. But nobody was talking about that. We were all talking about Dame Lillard and how amazing the Portland Trailblazers were. So I think what the players are looking for here, they were not looking for financial assistance from the owners. It wasn't about that. It was about, look, most of you, with the exception of Michael Jordan, the only majority black uh, owner in the league, are white, wealthy, privileged men. We want you, and women, because Jeannie Buss is one badass owner, um, we want you to use your privilege and your connections to this cause because that's how important it is to us. We just showed you how important it is to us. So I think the onus is on the owners now uh, to use their power, to use their influence, to prove to their players that they understand this message and how it resonates with all of them. Jackie Mack with me. Speaking of Michael Jordan, you had reporting that suggested he played a pretty significant role 
as a liaison, if you will, between the rest of the owners and the players. I'd love you to expand on that for those who haven't read it. Well, yes. What what happened was, you know, the the two players, the, the players and the owners were meeting simultaneously, 11 a.m. meetings, and ahead of that meeting, Jordan, who of course was in, you know, one of the all-time greatest, you could argue the greatest player, and now is an owner. So he was the only person really that had experience in both camps, and he reached out to Chris Paul in advance of the owners' meeting, talked to Russell. Watch, excuse me, Russell Westbrook, so hard to say, and, uh, and others, uh, and, and wanted to get a sense from them, what are you feeling, what do you want me to take to these owners that I'm, I'm, I'm going to meet with in the morning, and what kind of message do you want me help to convey to them so that we can make some middle ground? And I, I think the main thing those players said to him was, we're tired of everybody telling us what we should do. Just this one time, let us talk listen to what we are saying, listen to what our ideas are. And uh, I think that was very, very important because, you know, the owners, they run the team, they pay the salaries, and I think many of them, before all this happened, thought, look, we've done enough. We did the black miters on the court. We let you wear the patches. We let you wear the stuff on your jerseys. We've, you know, almost every NBA owner has donated to some Black Lives Matter cause. And I think a lot of them, before Jordan tried to open their eyes, thought, well, we've already done enough. Well, no. The belief is that it isn't enough. And then another thing, just quickly on that, that Mark Spears brought up on the show is that some of the players, it is an isolated situation they're living in down there, away from their families, away from their friends, all the rest of that. Mark was suggesting that the owners not being there, none of them coming down and and, and looking their players in the eye. Not that that was um, intentionally um, insulting, but that perhaps that would make a difference, that Adam Silver not having been there perhaps would make a difference. Was, was there any of the conversations you had about that, that it might make a difference for Adam to be down there, for the owners to be down there, and to actually be with their players and, and have that kind of direct connection? Well, I think there is some frustration. And you know what? It's not human nature, Green, what we're asking these players to do. And the reporters, by the way, don't forget all my friends in the media that are down there mm-hmm. for several months, also away from their families. And, and the trainers and all the people that are in this. And, you know, the players at least get to have their families come. Not everybody else gets that. Uh, you know, I don't think believe if, uh, some of the coaches don't get that, that chance. So I do think, I think when you're isolated and you're frustrated and you're tired and you're tired of being tired, I think all sorts of things uh, get conjured up in your head, including why do the owners get to stay home? And, you know, not, all, not every GM went down either. So, and some of those were for health reasons. You know, some of them were for good reasons. Some of them were just, it was a decision they made. So, yes, I do think that's part of the frustration. And Mark is very, very plugged in with those players. Yeah. I, I don't think any of that was intended to be taken that way. But, I, I again, no, no, no one has more respect for these people than I have. But maybe sometimes things are not interpreted the way they are meant. Anyway, Jackie, outstanding as always. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you next week. Same to you, Greeny. Thanks. All right, that's Jackie Mack with me. So we go from the NBA now to Major League Baseball that has had also a very interesting weekend. There are a lot of things I want to get into with Jeff Passan, who joins me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, our terrific baseball insider. There's a lot of different topics to get here, Jeff, so let's get through a bunch of them. Let's start with all the games last night that were not played, seven games not played last night after three had been not played the night before. What is our expectation relative to that part of this for Major League Baseball going forward? It's going to be interesting, Greeny, to see if the 10 teams that haven't taken a game off or postponed a game uh, to 
uh, protests against social injustice and, and racial issues end up doing so. I, I have difficulty believing it's going to be today because it would almost be antithetical to the to the cause to do it on Jackie Robinson Day, on, on the one day of the baseball calendar that's there specifically to honor the person who has arguably done the most for, for racial justice uh, in this country, in the sporting world. So I don't think it's going to happen today, but there are clearly going to be elements of the day that we have not seen in past years. And, and I think there... I, I'm not going to say, Greeny, that we're entering an era of empowerment like the NBA has been in for the last few years, but I think players are starting to find their voices in baseball. And and I think it's been a long, long time coming. And, and you saw it in, in a lesser way back when they were arguing a few months ago for full prorated pay and how players really coalesced around that idea and found, you know, it took root in that notion that if they stuck with something and they trumpeted it loudly enough, that they could affect change. And and I think it's going towards something that uh, honestly is is much more noble than just a paycheck right now. It's the idea that there are ills in this world and that baseball players, just like basketball players, just like other athletes who are on the pedestal and have a platform every day, have the capability to make change and substantive change at that. Jeff Passon with me, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Okay, so we'll see. And you're right, Jackie Robinson Day, I would assume everyone today will play. Next order of business, this insanity that took place yesterday involving the New York Mets and their general manager, <laughs> Brody Van Wagenen, who coincidentally... Greeny, Greeny, when, we, Greeny when you asked me about it this morning on Get yeah. Up, I almost lost it. I almost completely lost it. I had to, like, I literally was biting my tongue because I didn't want to laugh. I saw that. I saw that. And as a consequence, (laughs) it was only due to my extraordinary professionalism that I didn't start laughing. Let let me briefly (laughs) explain it to everyone who doesn't know what happened. So Brody Van Wagenen, who's the general manager of the Mets, is having a conversation with someone, not realizing that there is a hot mic near enough to hear every word that he's saying stunningly clearly, considering he's wearing a mask. And what he is basically complaining about is some idea that he says is coming from Rob, i.e. Rob Manford, the commissioner of the sport, about how the players would take the field, then they would walk off, then they come back an hour later and actually play the game. And that winds up not happening. It also subsequently winds up that that idea came from Jeff Wilpon, who was the owner of the New York Mets and uh, the boss of Brody Van Wagenen. And then Jeff and his father, Fred Wilpon, both released statements unimaginably critical of their own general manager, Brody Van Wagenen, in which, among other things, they misspell his first name. So that's the table set for what happened. Jeff, how do we explain it, and what do we think the ramifications of it are going to be? Greedy, you just explained it, and all I do is laugh. Like, that's what this is. This is, this is such an absurd moment that could only happen to the New York Mets. And... You know, there, there, there are a lot of Mets fans out there who are looking forward to Monday because Monday may well be the day that the new New York Mets owners are picked. And, you know, there has been an inordinate amount of criticism of the Wilpons over the years for how they've handled things, uh, how they've run the franchise, the, the lack of winning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's, it's a disaster. But I'll tell you, man, I'm going to miss stuff like this. Maybe it doesn't go away. Maybe the Mets are just completely cursed and it's not 
an ownership down thing that that foments situations like this. But boy, uh, I mean, there are so many elements of this screening that are great. I was I was having a, a conversation like executives around baseball were just like they they could not get enough of it and. And we were talking about what the greatest element of this whole thing is, because there are so many. Is it the fact that a general manager was caught on a hot mic? Is it the fact that he was caught saying things about the commissioner that a lot of other people say behind closed doors? And he thought it was behind closed doors because he prefaced it by saying, hey, just among the three of us here, doesn't <laughs> leave the room. Was it the fact that, uh, you know, very quickly he went and, and just – totally backtracked it was like a a lady doth protest too much backtrack was it the statements from the Wilpons just absolutely destroying the person that they picked and who is currently running their baseball operations department (laughs) or was it my personal favorite the fact that they did not spell his name correctly that was like the coup de gras cherry on top total like it's got to be on purpose they, they, they could not have accidentally misspelled his name. That had to be on purpose. And that is just like the biggest shiv in the ribs that you can possibly imagine. That's right. His name is spelled with an I-E, Brody. And they both spelled it. Both father and son, Wilpon, spelled it with a Y. Uh, Jeff passing with me. I have two more things and I have two minutes to do it. So let's race through these. Uh, Buster, when I had him on later in the show, when we talked about this story, suggested that one of the things we should take from it is the casual way with which Brody Van Wagenen was criticizing the commissioner, thinking it was private, Mm -hmm. but that that really was an indication of the way a lot of people around the sport currently feel about the job Rob Manfred has done. Have you heard the same thing, and how much of a concern do you consider that to be? Yeah, in fact, we talked about it on Buster's podcast today. Um, it, It is something that a lot of people believe around the sport, and I think some of the criticism is fair. Uh, and I think some of the criticism is unfair and uh, in that, it, it, you know, when you're in a position of authority, Greeny, like uh, all of the ills are going to be blamed on. You. And I think that's sort of what Rob Manfred's in. But I also think that uh, he has done himself disservices with some of the things that he said and that because of that, some of it's self-inflicted. Where are you, uh, Jeff? I can't see you because I'm in my basement, but I can hear something going on behind you. Where are you? I was I was literally just walking by my wife who I didn't realize was on the phone. I, I'm I'm cooking lunch for the kids. I'm turning ribs in the oven right now. Like I'm warming up some delicious Kansas City barbecue, and uh, I I apologize for that. No, not no need at all. I like it. That's the beauty of this. Uh, super quickly, got thirty seconds, but I saw a post from my buddy Pat McAfee who said you went on his show and said we will have bubbles in the playoffs. Yeah, Mac, you know, McAfee loves exaggerating things. I did not say they're going to have bubbles. I said the same thing that I told you before. Bubbles probably going to happen, probably going to happen in Texas and California. National League likely to be in Texas, American League likely to be in California. World Series probably going to be in Arlington, but nothing said at this point. You know, it's, it's in the hands of players, Greeny. They're going to haggle over it. They're going to go back to MLB, and this thing should be wrapped up and finalized, I would say, within the next couple of weeks. Okay, well done. Jeff, enjoy the ribs, enjoy the kids, enjoy the weekend. I'll see you Monday. Thank you very much, my buddy Jeff Passan. With me, one more stop. Let's go to the NFL. And Jeff Darlington is with me here. And Jeff, I, I really wanted to have you on today because you sent notes. The way we work on Get Up is you guys will all talk with all of you who are going to be on on a given day. We'll talk with some of my associate producers. 
and, and they will get stories from you and then send them to me and I'll tell them what I like. And we didn't get this in this morning, but I wanted to do it on the radio. The story you have about Saquon Barkley and his <laughs> father when he was growing up, I thought was fascinating. I'd love you to tell that story here. Well, Greeny, I just, you know, and, and the reason it came up is just, you know, because of Saquon's comments. And I think when Saquon talks, a lot of us, despite the fact that he's this big star in the New York market, he's just so soft-spoken, so quiet, that we maybe don't always give his words a strong enough attention. I visited with his family, his dad, actually, in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where Saquon grew up. And I talked to Saquon about this as well, but what I really learned about him is he comes from a lineage of boxers, great boxers that from the Bronx and New York. Uh, these were some real legitimate boxers. His dad wanted Saquon to be a boxer, and he grew up in a pretty tough spot. And his dad would put Saquon in his car, and he would throw a bunch of boxing gloves into the trunk of the car, and they would drive into the hood in Allentown, and he would get out of the car, and he would find some random kid on the street and he would say, put these gloves on. He'd give gloves to Saquon. He'd say, fight, go now. So Saquon would literally just box these guys in the street. And this is how he grew up. This tough, you know, gritty neighborhood where he was literally just put out there to fight. And I think when I hear the words that he says, it, it has a lot of meaning to me. Because I said to Saquon, I go, you seem so quiet. You know, you seem so... And he just looked at me and says, it's in there, man. It's in there. And, and I think his point is that he might sound quiet, but this dude's got some fight to him. So when he speaks, I listen. And it's a, it's a really great illustration of how when you get to know someone's story a little bit, you understand the way perhaps they may work. And, and so when you look at the leadership of the NFL right now, as we see mm -hmm. what has just happened in the NBA and, and we see what's happened in baseball subsequently and Major League Soccer and the WNBA and now the NHL, I'm sure a lot of football fans are wondering, with the season starting in two weeks, how you would assess the likelihood that we will see NFL games boycotted at some point this year because of racial issues. Yeah, and I guess that, and that, that being the point of that Saquon situation, I, I think that we need to really realize that this is a new generation of athletes, that yes, they are, are polished and well-spoken like Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott and Saquon, but these guys are not afraid of action. Uh, they are not afraid of standing up uh, and maybe in the past, an NFL that has often been defined by faceless stars behind face masks, uh, unlike the NBA, this is a group of people who I believe will put action behind their words. Do I think that they ultimately boycott games? I was talking to one high-profile quarterback who said they think that, that the money and the, the, the media uh, and the exposure is their ally right now, and it wouldn't make sense to boycott games at this point. But I do believe that those serious discussions are being had. We will find out. Jeff Tarlington, have a great weekend. Terrific work, as always. Thank you so much, my friend. I'm Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting small businesses with specialized coverages for commercial vehicles. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. I did find that story fascinating. And, guys, we won't do the, um, the, the just want you to know here because we're going to run out of time briefly in the block. But I will bring that back. I have a few other things I want to get to. But there was, it was worth going all that time with Jeff Passan because I think there were so many things happening at once within the area of Major League Baseball. I mean, that story involving the general manager of the Mets, Brody Van Wagenen, I think it's interesting, certainly on the local level, people in New York went crazy, and people everywhere did, because there's so many pieces of the story that are relevant. But the criticism of the commissioner, again, there's a general manager talking to people and talking so cavalierly and dismissively 
and negatively about the man whose job it is to be the leader of the entire sport, the entire business, the entire industry. There's a lot there to react to, and I think it is important. So I will get into that in coming up in a few minutes. There's still a lot left to do on the program today. There's something that happened as I was driving home from work that I feel like I really just want you to know. I'll tell you all about that. And up next, I'm going to defend the last person in the world you were expecting me to defend. All those and more are on the way, but right now it is time for some straight talk. And you know what a full-court press is in basketball, right? Full defensive coverage with no holes? Well, that's the kind of coverage you get with Straight Talk Wireless. It runs on America's best networks, same as the big carriers, but for a lot less. Just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G, for up to 50% less than the big carriers. No contract, full-court coverage, 50% less. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. I'm Greeny. This is ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, Greeny with you from my basement as we continue. I think it's going okay. I'm a tad uncomfortable, and I'll tell you about a strange thing that happened to me on my way back here today coming up in a few minutes. There's a lot of things I want to get to, but right now I insist we talk about golf. Greeny Insists is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. And when it comes to golf, it always begins with Tiger Woods. And right now, it is about to end, I think, for Tiger Woods. Tiger needs to finish top five this weekend at Olympia Fields, which is outside of Chicago. It's a fabulous golf course, by the way. Um, he needs to finish top five to keep moving on in the FedEx Cup. And he is he played the first round yesterday. He's three over. He's tied 36th. So he is going to tee off just a little bit after I go off the air today, a little bit after 2 o'clock Eastern time, a little after 1 o'clock Chicago time. And he's going to need to play lights out. He's going to need to have a, a really good day and then a really good weekend. Otherwise, his season is going to come to an end. But for him, that's really just the beginning. Because Tiger is in that place where at this point it's really just about the majors. So the question will then be, this in this one year out of all years, we will finish the golf year and then they will play the U.S. Open and then they will play the Masters. The, the next golf year, the, for those of you who have not followed this, the calendar golf year 2021 will have two U.S. Opens in it and two Masters in it. And really his year, his, the rest of his career will be defined unless he somehow manages to go back into the top five in the world again, which I think is very unlikely because I don't think he's going to play nearly enough. 
And I don't even know how much fans will care about that. They will care how he plays in the majors, particularly the U.S. Open and the Masters. So his year can still be made, regardless of what happens this weekend. That is the story in golf. Next, I'm going to defend the last person in the world you are expecting me to defend. But I come today not to bury Rob Manfred, but to defend him. Rob Manfred has been criticized so thoroughly for doing something that, in my opinion, he had to do. Now, you can quibble with certain elements of it, but let me lay out the case. We had a cheating scandal in Major League Baseball. A player came forth and said, when I was with the Astros, we had this relatively unsophisticated system that involving the banging of trash cans and all the rest in order to read signs, steal signs, and they ultimately won a World Series doing that. So we have this evidence. He has this evidence in front of him. He's going to go and he's going to demand to know the truth. But the only people who know the truth are the people who were there and were a part of it. And so in order to get to the bottom of it, he was going to have to depend upon them incriminating themselves. He was going to have to walk up to members of that team, Jose Altuve and all of those guys, Bregman and and all the rest of them, and, and George Springer, and say, I need you to tell me exactly what you did to cheat so that I can then suspend you or ban you for life, or whatever other things he might have done. He's suspended the managers for a year each. Maybe he would have done that with the players. What player would have said a word? None of them would have said a word. I mean, in the, in the United States criminal system, you don't have to testify against yourself. So he had to give them immunity. He had to say, look, I, we need to get to the bottom of what happened so that we can address it ever happening again. So I'm going to get to the bottom of it. You guys tell me what happened and I won't suspend you. I won't do anything. It was the only way I can think of that he was going to get to the truth. So what winds up happening? He finds out the truth. He releases the report. He gets the information. He doesn't try and sweep it under the rug. He tells the world what happened. He, he puts Major League Baseballs and their Astros, he, he puts the, the underwear right out there on the line for everybody to see. And... He can't do anything to them. So now all the other players are mad, right? And they're going to throw at those guys and they're, they're all angry and they get frustrated. These guys stole the World Series and they paid no price for it. And then, and then the pitcher, Joe Kelly, winds up you know, throwing high and tight and behind one guy. And the next thing you know, he's getting suspended and everyone is making the correlation. Well, the Astros players didn't get anything for cheating and winning the World Series. And Joe Kelly gets eight games for throwing the ball behind the head of whoever he threw behind. The point of it is, I get all of that. It feels terrible, but the alternative is not knowing what happened. So you tell me which of those two are better options. Would you rather never have gotten to the bottom of what happened, never known exactly what happened with the Astros, let it remain unsubstantiated whispers and and the accusation of one former player, or would you rather know what happened? This was, in my view, the only way he could definitively find out what happened. Well, I'm not saying it was handled perfectly. Of course it wasn't. And I'm not saying everything he's done, he's gotten right. But what I'm saying is that when you have something that happens like that, that becomes the PR nightmare that it does, I've seen this happen too many times over the 30 years I've been covering stuff, 
Now it starts to snowball. Everyone likes to just pick on you. You become an easy target. And that's what's happened in baseball. It has become very fashionable to criticize Rob Manfred. Players do it. Media does it. Um, Yesterday, Brody Van Wagen and the general manager of the Mets thought he was doing it even though he was addressing something that had nothing to do with Rob Manfred. But what I would say is I think in the case of getting to the bottom of what happened with the Astros, and my mind is open to being convinced that I have this wrong, I think he did the right thing. He would never have gotten the facts if he hadn't offered the immunity. And so you have to live with the result. You have to live with the fact that those guys get away with what they did, but at least we know. At least we know. And they wear the scarlet letter. They wear the C on the chest. It doesn't stand for captain. It stands for cheater. And those guys will have that for the rest of their careers. And, and that has been a significant punishment to a lot of the steroid guys who never got suspended or anything. But that shame that has followed them is a punishment. It's not nothing. And so that's my view on the way Rob Manfred handled that. I fully understand you may disagree. I'll, I'll hear from you if you do. Use the hashtag Greeny. Hashtag Greeny if you want to tweet a disagreement at me. A reasonable disagreement. My mind is open to be convinced I have that wrong. I'd like to invite you to stream Our Time, which is the new series on ESPN+. Get an all-access look at Oklahoma State football as they reopen campus, deal with COVID-19 testing, and an investigation of head coach Mike Gundy. Stream new episodes every Thursday only on ESPN+. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. All right, there's something I just want you to know. Because a very strange thing happened to me. I told you that I'm doing the show from my basement today for the first time. They put all this equipment in my house here, and, and, I'm, and I'm doing the show. I'm getting a little more comfortable as I go. But anyway, the point is, I'm in the car and, on the way back here, and I'm f- trying to make sure that I'm going to have all of my notes, and I'm going to have all of my stuff, and the email is not working. I cannot get an email to send. And so I, st- I open an email, and I type in the word test, T-E-S-T, test, a frequently used word, a word I have to believe I have used multiple times on my phone. I just have the same iPhone everybody else has. And it autocorrects it to the word yeet, Y-E-E-T. And so I erase it and I try typing test again. And once again, it autocorrects it to yeet. Now, I'm a 53-year-old man. I don't use the word yeet often. Not nearly as often as I use the word test. So this confused me. And I'd like someone who can to explain to me what algorithm it is that we're dealing with that autocorrected the word test to the word yeet on my phone. If anyone can explain that, you can tweet that at me as well. Use the hashtag Greeny. Why would my phone have autocorrected test to yeet? Has someone been using my phone when I'm not around (laughs) and typing the word yeet a lot? I'd like to know. Hashtag Greeny is a good way to get a hold of me. Meanwhile, coming up next, if you are wondering if college and pro football will play this fall, I will tell you exactly where to look. That's next. I'm Greeny. This is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. My guy, Jay Will, tune in for a National League East rivalry Sunday. Phillies Braves presented by Geico. Coverage of Sunday Night Baseball begins 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, then 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN Television. I'm, I'm being flooded with tweets about the word yeet. Uh, for those of you just joining me here, 
I was on my way home today. I was having trouble with my phone. I tried typing in the word test because I wanted to get an email to send, and it kept auto-correcting it to yeet, which doesn't make any sense because yeet is a word that I very seldom use. Now, I will tell you that my daughter and I have had conversations about the word yeet, and we both agree we like it better as a verb than as a replacement for yes. Like, I like, I, like he, you know, I, I'm so mad I'm going to yeet this thing up against the wall. I like that usage of yeet. But I will tell you that I, I don't know that I've ever typed it into my phone. And people are suggesting to me here, like Brad Marzullo t- tweets at me, your kids put it in your phone to change from test to yeet. It's a setting in your phone. Kids have done it to their parents in the past. So th- th- there's a suggestion here that I'm being pranked by my teenagers, which will aggravate me if true. I think it's probably not the case, but I don't have a better explanation because I can tell the algorithm has to be such that the more commonly used word, again, I I don't know how often I type the word test, but I have to have done it more often than I've typed the word yeet. People seem to find it very funny just that that this happened. So I'm I'm happy to be making you laugh. I'm all good with that. I also am enjoying the, the reaction to my thoughts on Rob Manfred and the Astros. And here's the most common thing I'm hearing from people who disagree with me. If you're just joining me, I defended Rob Manfred and said I felt that it was worth giving the Astros players immunity in order to get to the bottom of what happened. And while I understand it is unsatisfying that these players cheated and won a World Series and didn't get really punished for it in any tangible way, I do believe the scarlet letter of shame that they wear as a result is punishment. But the fact that baseball didn't do anything to them they, I believe that without the immunity, they never would have done it. I've got a ton of people tweeting at me using hashtag Greeny. They should have vacated the championship. And I cannot be a hypocrite. I find it a pointless waste of time when they vacate wins in college sports, when they vacate championships in college sports because players were getting paid or whatever it is. They take down banners. That's nonsense. That's stupidity. That's symbolic nothingness. That's actually less tangible as a punishment, in my opinion, than it is um, to be branded a cheater for the rest of your life. Because we all saw the games. They all got played. The Astros won. They had the celebration. They had the parade. They did all the things that you do when you win a championship. So for Rob Manford to say, I officially stricken that from the record book would be, in my opinion, a complete waste of time. I don't think it would actually accomplish anything. I think the whole world knows what happened. They view it however they choose to view it. Now we know the truth. The player's punishment is what it is. It's figurative more than it is literal. And on we go. That's my opinion. But again, I consider myself an open-minded person, and I'm enjoying reading a lot of the response here, and I get that you disagree with me, and I'm good with that. That's going to be part of the the deal here. We've been on two weeks with this radio show. I'm planning on doing it for a really long time. And I hope that we will have a lot of opportunities to chat back and forth on matters as consequential and inconsequential as these. And my mind is always open to being changed. So maybe I have it wrong. I'd like to hear from you. We'll continue to talk about it. Meantime, I told you that if you are one who is nervous and hoping that we will see an NFL season this fall and a college football season this fall, in at least the three conferences that are still playing, I would tell you that the place to look for optimism is baseball. I saw a tweet from Jeff Passan that through the testing, the most recent round of testing in the major leagues, zero players tested positive. They conducted 12,276 tests. 
two staff members and zero players tested positive. A month ago, we all thought they were going to have to shut the sport down because the Cardinals were testing positive like crazy and the Marlins were testing positive like crazy. And if there's one thing that we learned through that, it is they just kept going. They just made people sit who couldn't, quarantine who you got to quarantine, keep testing like crazy, and when you can start playing again, start and figure out the scheduling afterwards. That's the formula. That's the recipe. Now, the question is, is it the right thing to do? Will there be long-lasting ramifications for the health, myocarditis, or whatever is out there? I'm the furthest thing in the world from a doctor or a scientist or anything. I, I will not tell you whether I think they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing by playing, because I think it would be irresponsible for someone who knows as little as I do about it to say so. Because I recognize that many people have watched me on television and listened to me on the radio for a long time. And they will be naturally inclined to think, if I give you an opinion on that, that it's meaningful, that I must know something. When it comes to this, I don't know anything. You should listen to people who do. You should listen to people who actually know what they're talking about with regard to this. I'm not one of those people. I have no idea if it is safe or not for these players essentially to say, all right, I'm going to get it. I'm going to ride it out. Then I'm going to go back and keep playing. That's what we're going to live with. If you're not going to be in a bubble like the NBA and the NHL and the WNBA, then that's what you're going to have. So the baseball players, the Marlins, they didn't shut down. They just hit pause. And when they could start playing again, they did. And the Cardinals, they didn't shut down. They just hit pause. And when they could play again, they did. And that's what's going to happen if they play college football. And that's what's going to happen in the NFL. You're going to have a a flare-up. It's going to affect one team, then another, then another. Maybe a head coach, maybe a bunch of position coaches, maybe an entire position group. There could easily be weekends this season where one team, four teams, six teams can't play. All those things are on the table. But baseball has shown you just pause where you have to, you keep going where you can, and you figure out the scheduling afterwards. And that's the recipe. And I think that's what they're going to do in the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, and the NFL. Again, I'm not here to tell you whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing to do. I think it'll be a long time before we'll know the answer to that. This was a fun day. Everybody, do yourself a favor. Text yourself the word yeet. It'll bring a smile to your face at some point over this weekend. And I'll see you for Get Up Monday morning on ESPN. I'm Greeny, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.